0: It has stood the test of time. God's book, the Bible, still relevant in today's complex world. It is written, sharing messages of hope around the world.
1: You know, friends, questions can come in the form of a test. Questions can come in the form of inquiry through email, but the key piece with any question is a question deserves an answer. Over the centuries, over the millennia really, people have asked questions, questions about the existence of God. But there comes a point, friend, where we have to go beyond the questions and find answers. We have been on a journey together a journey where we have gone beyond the questions and looked for answers and found those answers. And I'm so glad to have joining me again, John Bradshaw, speaker director of It Is Written International, headquartered just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee, down in the United States. John, thank you for coming and being a part of this study. Well, Chris, thank you. Thanks for having me. This is
2: fun. It's always, it's always good being here.
1: Well, we've been on this journey beyond questions and and we began this journey by saying, what's the, what's the real meaning of life? And we saw through your own personal journey that the real meaning of life is finding God's purpose for each of us. And we find that in the Bible. We've spent several studies now looking, can we really trust the Bible? Is the Bible worth being trusted? You know, I'd like to say this. Imagine that the Bible wasn't trustworthy.
2: What then? You see, a lot of people we know this. The, the majority of people don't bother with religion, or at least active religion. That's the majority right. don't bother. They're busy doing other things. Well, where's that gonna get you? You know, if the Bible can be trusted, it offers us some wonderful things. It's not for the weak. Um uh, Oh, you could argue it's for the weak, but it, it's, not a, it's not recognition or an admission that I'm weak. It's not admission that I just, I don't get life and so I'm with these crazy people. Yeah. If the Bible cannot be trusted, then you're trusting in your, in your beer and hockey and you're trusting in your job and your friends and, and, your, and your own ability to navigate your way through life. Where's that really going to get
1: you? Yes.
2: See, if there is a God who spoke the universe into existence that's right. and who knows you and sees the future and, and raised up kingdoms and tore down kingdoms, has a special role for you in this world, you know, that's just better than wandering aimlessly along a, a long life's pathway. Now, if the Bible cannot be trusted, I, I'll be the first to walk away from it because that's I right. don't want to believe that's a right.
1: lie. Absolutely, absolutely.
2: But it. it if, if you are not including the Bible in your life, what are you replacing it with? That's right. What's your, your north star? What's the guide for your life?
1: Yes. What is that compass? And, 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 you know, that is the real question. As we explore this, where else can we really place our trust? Where else? And, and what I believe we would find is, and I know on my own personal journey, I sought all over looking for that north star. And there was only one place that I found dependability and that was in God's word. Now, one of the greatest, boldest claims is the claim that Jesus Christ is the savior of the world.
2: That is bold, isn't it? it,
1: it, it, and, it, and, it and it almost, it's, it's almost so bold that some people are offended by such a claim. And, you know, there are some people who will, who will reduce Jesus to just simply a good teacher of the past. And you know, I once heard a a great apologetic, uh, Josh McDowell. He says, we really only have two options with Jesus. Either Jesus was who he said he was, or Jesus was a lunatic and a liar. No question about it. And so today we want to explore. We want to explore the past. and and, And the question we deal with is, why is the past even important? We want to go to the past. We want to go to a prophecy again. A prophecy that is so accurate in the prediction of the Savior of the world coming to this earth that if we don't believe it, it is because we are conscientiously making a choice not to believe something with such precision. And so John we're going to go back to the book of Daniel, and we've been in the book of Daniel. We've looked at Daniel 2, Daniel 7, and, and we've, we've really just scratched the surface of those two chapters. And now we're going to go to Daniel chapter 9.
2: and just That's an to, exciting chapter. It's
1: a very exciting chapter. It's, it's really when I was making my journey to finding truth, that chapter was a key chapter in me accepting the reality that Jesus is who he said he was. And so in Daniel chapter 9, we find Daniel. Daniel, he's been through a time where his people have been captive with Babylon and now captive with the Medo-Persians. One of his contemporary prophets, Jeremiah, had said that their people would be captive for about 70 years. And Daniel's looking at his watch and he's saying, hey, that 70 years is almost up. And he prays a prayer, the first part of Daniel. And if we had time, we'd go through that prayer because that's quite an amazing prayer where he actually prays a prayer of confession on behalf of the people seeking the answer of when the people of Israel would be delivered from this, uh, this conquering empire. And then something amazing happens in Daniel chapter 9 as Daniel is clu- concluding that prayer, he receives a visit.
2: Not just any old visit, a visit from Gabriel. Now, this ought to be a clue about what's coming next. When Gabriel appeared in the New Testament, he came to Elizabeth and Zacharias and said, you're going to have a baby boy. He will be the forerunner of the Messiah. Yes. He appeared to Mary and Joseph and said, your son will be the Messiah. Gabriel brings messages about the Messiah. And so here in Daniel chapter 9, I see Gabriel appear and I'm saying, somehow this is leading us to Jesus. Yes, Because Gabriel specializes in bringing messages about the Messiah. And uh, he came, he he was, and it was interesting, he was told by God to come to Daniel. That's just an interesting thought too. God is telling the angels, you go. Yes, Things aren't just happening. Yes, God is behind the play and the counterplay, if I can put it that yes. way.
1: In fact, in verse 20, and we'll just read that verse and then we'll get right into the prophecy. It's Daniel speaking. He says, now while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in vision at the beginning, BEING CAUSED TO FLY SWIFTLY REACHED ME ABOUT THE TIME OF THE EVENING OFFERING. AND SO IT GOES TO THIS AND WE'RE GOING TO HAVE A we'll have a WHOLE TIME WHERE WE DISCUSS THE ISSUE OF PRAYER. BUT IT IS AN AMAZING DEMONSTRATION THAT WHEN WE PRAY, GOD IS LISTENING. AND IN FACT, BEFORE WE EVEN PRAY, GABRIEL'S ON HIS WAY TO ANSWER THE PRAYER OF DANIEL.
2: Yeah, ISN'T THAT SOMETHING? SOMETIMES WE FEAR THAT THE ANSWER TO PRAYER ISN'T COMING AND, and, and GOD'S GOT IT WORKED OUT and, it, AND THE ANSWER IS BEING WORKED OUT. THAT'S RIGHT. SO th- THIS PRAYER WAS PRAYED. And it was answered. And he said something interesting here. Um, he referred to Gabriel, whom he had seen in the vision at the beginning. Yes. So he hearkens back to an earlier vision. Yes. Which we're going to find as significant as we work through an explanation of Daniel chapter 9.
1: Yes. Yes. And in fact, and, and we're we going to offer the focus on prophecy lessons. That vision that it hearkens back to is actually the vision of Daniel chapter 8, specifically verse 14. We don't have time to explore that. But then, and here's the amazing thing. Daniel is praying about the deliverance of his people from the conquering empire of Babylon. What God provides, and this is the amazing thing about God, he provides us with above more than we could ask or think. He provides an answer, not just of deliverance from the conquering Babylon and Medo-Persia, he provides deliverance, a, an answer to deliverance of God's people forever. Mm. So we get to this, uh, this, this vision found in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. John, why don't we read the first part of that vision?
2: Verse 24 says, "...seventy weeks are determined upon your people and upon your holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity." and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy.
1: And so, again, we don't have a lot of time to go through this in accurate detail, and so if somebody's watching, feeling like this is flying real fast by them, they can go back and watch this program on our archives at itiswrittencanada.ca and click there on our YouTube channel, and they can get the Focus on Prophecy Lessons Seventy weeks are determined, that word determined. In the English, we wouldn't, we wouldn't normally think of the word determined in its actual, original meaning. What's that actual, original meaning of the word determined? It's fascinating, isn't it? The word means cut off.
2: Seventy weeks are cut off. So what would they cut off? Well, Daniel's already pointed backwards. He said, Gabriel came and talked to me. Uh, 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 that man who was in the vision at the beginning, So they were cut off from something. He's already talked about the vision at the beginning. That vision at the beginning is when he talked about 2,300 days. That's right. Now, let's think about some of these times. 2,300 days, that's about six and a half years, maybe getting on closer to seven years. 70 weeks, that's uh, a year and four months. That's right. Obviously, we're not dealing with literal time. All of that wasn't going to happen in seven years or in a year and a half.
1: That's right. And in fact, so Daniel is actually utilizing a principle, one of the oldest principles in Bible, inter, excuse me, Bible prophecy interpretation. And that is in prophecy, because you're right, there's no way that we're dealing in, because Daniel's still alive in writing when these things are fulfilled. And we, and he has, there's no evidence of him talking about these things being fulfilled. Daniel's actually seeing distant into the future because we find in Numbers fourteen thirty four. And Ezekiel four 6, I'm sorry, Numbers 4.6 and Ezekiel 14.34. No, I've, I had it right the first you time. You had it right the first time. Yeah, that's right. So in, and and we find there in Numbers 14.34 and Ezekiel 4.6, we find that in Bible prophecy, one literal day, actually, or one prophetic day rather, equals a literal year. And so we don't have 70 weeks of just a year and a couple of days but we actually in a couple of months we actually have seventy weeks which is four hundred ninety prophetic days or how many literal years. That's four hundred
2: and ninety years. Now I'll tell you a shortcut way that I can demonstrate many people believe this principle. Now this isn't a study about the seven years of tribulation but, but many many Christians talk about this tribulation time being seven years. Whether it is or not is a discussion for another day but they get that from a a period of one week. That's right. Seven days, seven years. So this is commonly used throughout Christianity. I'm not saying it's always commonly used right, but that principle, a day for a year, is solid. There's no question about it.
1: Okay, and so 490 years are determined to bring an end to sin, to finish the transgression, make an end of sins, make reconciliation. This is all wonderful, but if we have no starting point, 490 years doesn't help us. Does the Bible give us a starting point that can give us a clue in on what this prophecy is talking about.
2: Absolutely accurately. You can't, you, can't, you can't miss this. Notice what he says in verse 25. Know therefore and understand. And here it is. That from. From. There's a starting point. Okay. From. The going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem. There's your starting point. There will be a commandment to restore Jewish society and rebuild the city of Jerusalem.
1: Okay, so if we can figure out when the decree, when this command to go forth, restore and rebuild Jerusalem is, then we have the starting point of this prophecy. And we can find
2: it. It's in the book of Ezra. Now, Ezra is a lot like, oh, uh, is a lot like uh, Iowa. Most people just fly over it. Yes. You know? Yes. And it's a it's a bit like that book in the Bible. I, I don't want to point to a Canadian area because someone would say, you can't say that, we're more important than that, but you don't mind me saying that about Iowa. That's right. You just fly right over it. Many people fly right over Ezra, but if you get into Ezra 7, you say, oh, that's why God put this book in the Bible. That's where that decree is re- recorded. And we know when it was issued, 457 B.C., the Persians were meticulous record keepers. So that decree in the book of Ezra chapter 7 is anchored in history in 457 B.C. That's our starting point. There you go. Now you start to add your 490 years and you've got an ending point for those 70 weeks, which are part of a bigger uh, prophecy itself. So if you start in 457 B.C.,
1: from that decree to Messiah the Prince. Okay, now let's pause there for a minute. Messiah is the Savior of God's people, the Savior of mankind. And we're about to get an exact date for the arrival of the Messiah.
2: Yeah. Now, now, careful, we're not predicting the second coming. That's right. The first coming.
1: The first coming. Right, right. So let's get into this, John. Go ahead and finish that until Messiah the Prince... Shall be seven weeks and three score into 69 weeks. 69 weeks, yeah. So for those that don't like math, 62 and 7, it's 69 weeks. 69 times 7 is... 483. 483 years from... 457 BC BC will give us the time that the Messiah arrives on the earth for the first time to save his people. Right. And so we do a little math and we have to understand 457 BC is like a negative number. We take 483 and we add a positive number to that negative number and that takes us, now if we just did raw math, it would take us to actually 26. But we have to understand when it was 1 BC, It did not go to 0 B.C. It went from 1 B.C. to 1 A.D. There's no zero in the calendar, no zero date. And so actually that takes us to 27 A.D. Now that wasn't when Jesus was born. That's when Jesus was Messiahed, when
2: he was anointed as the Messiah. It says in uh, Luke chapter 3 that Jesus was baptized in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius
1: Caesar. That's right. That was 27 A.D. That's 27 A.D. And we read elsewhere where it tells us that at the baptism of Jesus, he was anointed to his Messiahship. Uh, uh, Let me add add something else.
2: That was a profound point. I should have have paused and said, let that sink in because that's magnificent. Right after Jesus was baptized, this is in Mark chapter 1. Yes. He went forth and he said, the time is fulfilled. What time? Jesus couldn't say, ladies and gentlemen, I am the Messiah. He'd have been stoned. That's right. Instead, he said, the time is fulfilled. Those Jewish scholars were standing around looking at their sundials That's right. saying, it's 80, 20, well, you know, they, 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 it's the year. That's right. It's the, they were all looking for the Messiah. That's right. He should be here. Where is he? And That's Jesus right. said, the time is fulfilled. He was saying, I'm him without saying, I'm him. That's right. So when he said the time was fulfilled he was referring to this time prophecy of Daniel chapter 9.
1: That's right. Magnificent. And in and and, and Galatians 4.4 4, we have Paul who is Pharisee of Pharisees mm-hmm. which means he had studied God's word. He was a scholar. In modern day he would be the equivalent of a Ph.D. at the top university. Paul in Galatians 4.4 4, tells us that when Jesus was baptized the time was fulfilled. This is truly amazing. Daniel chapter 9 identifies the exact timing for the arrival of the Messiah. Now there's an additional seven years or seven uh, you know, seven days or seven years, and, and we're not going to take a lot of time to talk about the end of that, but let's talk about this word Messiah. Why is that important, John?
2: It, it says In verse 26, after the three score and two weeks, seven plus 62, after the 69 weeks, Messiah will be cut off. Mm. Isn't that interesting? So, after that time, I want to drop to verse 27. He will confirm the covenant with many for a week. In the middle of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, or he'll cause the sacrificial system to come to an end. AD 27. You've got one more week of years. That's right. That's seven years. The middle of that is three and a half. That's right. You add that to AD 27, you get to 31 AD. Early From from late in 27 to early 31. That's right. Messiah would be cut off, and he would cause the sacrificial system to come to an end. Now, did that happen, I wonder?
1: And the amazing thing is, with absolute precision, Jesus is, and I like your word, Jesus is messiah He's anointed for ministry in 27. And in 31 AD, he is betrayed by Judas. He is arrested by the Romans. And he is killed by actually his own people who demand his crucifixion. And while Jesus hangs on the cross, the curtain in the temple itself is torn from top to bottom. This is not human doing, top to bottom. And at that moment, the sacrificial sin, the sacrificial system, ends. And Jesus has paid the full price for all our sins.
2: Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He died. He, he, he was baptized right on time. He died right on time in harmony with these prophecies. The sacrificial system ends. We no longer need to bring lambs and goats and That's right. whatnot to the temple for forgiveness because Jesus, the true Lamb, has died as the Messiah. No one else fulfills this. No one else comes close. No one else can be uh, hinted at as possibly being the Messiah. Jesus fulfilled it in every specification, which says to me, i got to run after Jesus and grab hold of Him w- with everything I
1: can. And here we are, and, and, and we would love to spend more time on this prophecy, but we're, we're, we're out of time. We talked about this in a previous show. Prophecy demonstrates to us that God is who he says he is. We can believe in God. We have an anchor. Prophecy predicts what's going to happen so we can be prepared. And so we, so, and we need to understand this. Now, this is Daniel. This is 600 years before Jesus arrives. He gives people plenty of time to know, so much time, as a matter of fact, that the magi, that word magi, Undoubtedly, these are people who actually were the astrologers back in Babylon. They were the descendants of those astrologers. They follow looking for the Messiah, Jesus. And then the last piece, that the day star would rise, that Jesus would rise in our heart. And so, John, the Messiah comes. And in just a, in, in just a quick summary, what does it mean that Jesus came and was the Messiah and died for me?
2: One day, our life is gonna end. If time goes long enough, our lives will end. What then? Through faith in Jesus, our sins can be forgiven and we can receive everlasting life. Not just that it's self-centered, but God is honored and God gets us and He wants us more than we want Him. Jesus as the Messiah came into the world so we can live forever meaningfully in
1: the presence of God and there's nothing better than that we began asking this question what is the real meaning of life and the real meaning of life is finding joy and purpose in Jesus because he died for us and he wants to take us all the way home to heaven a place of perfect harmony John this is a wonderful study it's an encouraging study and I'd invite you to pray for us together and all of our viewers that we would find that same joy in Jesus. Let's
2: pray. Our Father, the Bible is clear. Jesus is the Messiah. Let Him be our Messiah. We choose Him by faith. We believe in Him and we look forward to His return. In Jesus' name we pray,
0: amen.
3: Hi, everyone. We've been focusing on the New Start acronym, that's N-E-W-S-T-A-R-T, and today we're looking at T for Trust in Divine Power. Changing our lifestyle is the hardest thing many of us will ever try to do. It's difficult to change habits that we've acquired, practiced, and polished for years. That's why it's imperative that we trust in divine power because God is strong where we are weak Let's just recap the new start principles. N is for nutrition. We've learned about carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. We learned that our bodies absolutely require carbohydrates. We learned to stay away from too much fat and how to incorporate more plant-based proteins in our daily eating. E is for exercise. It is such an essential part of a healthy lifestyle and we're never too old to start. Be inspired by Halda Crooks who started mountain climbing at age 66. What a gal! W is for water. Are you getting enough? Six to ten cups per day is ideal, depending on your size and activity level. S is for sunshine. The kiss of the sun for vitamin D and for keeping our mood light and bright. T is for temperance, an old-fashioned word for a newfangled notion called balance. It's important to have balance in all aspects of our lives. Eat, exercise, and sleep just enough to enhance your health and keep your body strong. A is for air. Your body requires oxygen in order to function. Be sure that you're living healthfully so that your trillions of cells can get all the oxygen they need. R is for rest. Are you getting seven to eight hours each night? Most of us aren't, and we suffer because of it. T is for trust in divine power. Philippians 4.13 tells us that We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, so we know we can have a brand new start through Christ who desires for us to have good health above all things. I love that. I hope you do too. If you want additional information on how to experience a new start, visit our It Is Written website at itiswrittencanada.ca. Go to the Live Healthy page, and you'll find links to great resources. Bye for now.
1: My dear friends, we ask the question, what's so important about the past? The reality is in the ancient past, we find the key and the secret to our future. Today, as John and I studied, we really just scratched the surface of Daniel chapter nine. There is no doubt that you're gonna wanna dig deeper in God's word to understand more. So today I'd like to offer to you for free THE FOCUS ON PROPHECY LESSONS. FOCUS ON PROPHECY WILL LEAD YOU ON A JOURNEY TO FINDING JESUS, SEEING JESUS AS YOUR FRIEND AND MESSIAH. HERE'S THE INFORMATION YOU NEED FOR TODAY'S OFFER.
0: TO REQUEST TODAY'S OFFER, JUST LOG ON TO WWW.ITISWRITTENCANADA.CA THAT'S WWW.ITISWRITTENCANADA.CA AND SELECT THE TV PROGRAM TAB. FOR CANADIAN VIEWERS, the offer will be sent free and postage paid. For viewers outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you prefer, you may call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW, that's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Call anytime. lines are open 24 hours daily, that's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Or if you wish, you may write to us at It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L1H four.
1: John, what a powerful study that we were able to have in God's Word today on the Messiah.
2: And What I love is we, we, we do go beyond the questions. There are answers in the Bible, and today we discovered that the answer is Jesus.
1: And we found in asking that question, why is the past important? Because the past holds the key to our future. Amen. John, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you. And I want to thank you for joining us today. You know, Jesus wants you to be his friend. Jesus has done everything possible to make available to you the provisions to be his friend. Why don't you accept that today? Why don't you accept the one who fulfilled the prophecies of the Bible in absolute precision? Friend, I hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, remember, it is written, MAN SHALL NOT LIVE BY BREAD ALONE, BUT BY EVERY WORD THAT PROCEEDS FROM THE MOUTH OF GOD.